You are listening to Let Me Overthink About It, where I dive into a series of topics that occupy my anxious mind. I'm Sam Mador, overthinker extraordinaire. In this episode, I'm overthinking about leadership with Doug McLean. I am here with Doug McLean. Hello, Doug. How are you? I'm great, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you so very, much for joining me. It's very exciting. Yes. Are you an overthinker, Doug? Am I an overthinker? Yeah. I would probably say that I am an overthinker. Are you talking about when I wake at three in the morning and start to think <laughs> about things? Is that what an overthinker is? Because I do that a lot. It know? sure is. It sure can be. But now, as I move into retirement, I wake at three in the morning and I think, okay, there's got to be something I should be worrying or thinking about. <laughs> and I, damn it, I can't find anything. Well, that's a good sign, I think. <laughs> so it's kind of weird, you know, when you get old, you, you lose that overthinking maybe sometimes, you know? Oh, man. I look forward to the day when I lose my overthinking brain. How's that? <laughs> yes, it, and it happens. It really does happen, you know? And I, I seriously, I, throughout my entire career, um, which, which spanned, I think, about 40 I think I worked 42 consecutive years um, in, a, in a paying job. So when it sort of comes to a, a sort of an end, it's, it's kind of bizarre. So you're so into it and so uptight and so challenged all the time. Now I'm overthinking because everybody tells me I should be bored. And damn it, I'm not bored. I feel really good. <laughs> That's awesome. I think that's a sign of a good retirement, right? It's like you've done all the things and if you're not bored, man, that's that you're doing it right. Yeah, I think, you know what, everybody said, I, I guess I'm kind of lucky. I, I'm in PEI four and a half months and I'm in Florida yes. seven months. And I, I think somebody said, are you bored? I said, well, every time I get bored, I, I go down to the beach or I go over yeah. down to the pool and I just, or I go play golf. And I, I look, I've, so I'm not really retired. I do a lot of real things. So, I, you know, I do a few podcasts in there. So I'm not really retired, but I am retired. I'm retired from getting really paid. Right. <laughs> you're still working. You're just not getting paid for it. <laughs> it it's right. Exactly. As much. <laughs> That's right. So today we're overthinking about leadership. And I, I called on a favor from my husband, Joey, because he's connected to you. I really wanted to chat with you about leadership, Doug. I've been a fan of yours since I met Joey, really, because I never watched sports before. But after marrying Joey and meeting Joey, I, I got to know you through TSN and then Sportsnet. So I thought, man, this guy knows what leadership looks like. So I'm happy that I get to overthink about that with you today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you're actually connected to my, uh, my family a little bit. Hey, cause I want to say that my father-in-law was your coach. Is that right? Don Skierman was my little league coach. Yes. Um, which is hard to believe. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it was 1967. We went to the Canadian National Little League Championship, and 
and Don Skirman was our coach and he had, he had, he was sort of in charge of baseball with the program that year. I really admired Donnie. He, he was such a great person and, and we sort of kept in touch. It's hard to believe that that was from my was time I was 10 years of age. Wow. That I, we sort of stayed in touch 50 plus years. So it, yes. it really is, but I admired him as a coach. I admired him as a person. And then how weird is this? I, he was my little league coach when I was 10 years of age. And my first two years of teaching school, uh, I taught with Don Skierman. He was on the oh. staff at the same time as I was at Holland College. So oh, that's how bizarre awesome. is that? So we've had a, a long uh, a long-standing great relationship. That is so awesome. I didn't realize that. That's super cool. Joey's not as good at the homework as you think he is. That's right. Uh-oh, now he's going to listen <laughs> to this and tell me he did tell me that and I just forgot it. So that that this could <laughs> okay. be interesting. <laughs> okay. So, and actually, um, chatting with my with Donnie about chatting, talking to you today, he said... Um, that he saw leadership in you from a very young age. You know what? I've I've often, you know, I I get asked to talk a lot about leadership over the years, you know, and I I always come back to one thing. One thing, if if you're a leader, in my opinion, if you're a leader, the number one trait of a leader is that he really cares about the people he's leading. Mm. And I've always sort of, it, it's always sort of hit me when I was picking a captain for my hockey teams, when I was picking leaders for my hockey operations or my business side, I always kind of looked for guys that really cared about their group that they were leading. And I think I keep coming back to that to, for some bizarre reason. You know, I, maybe a lot of people that work for me would not say that about me sometimes, but I would hope they would. When you're talking about leadership, it's like you can train the other things, right? The skills and all of those things, but you can't train somebody to care. Yeah. And, and I really think it's, you know, I just I just watched what happened here the last couple of days in Summerside where the Tampa Bay yes. Lightning gave Grant Sonier the Stanley Cup for a day. So Grant Sonier is like a part-time scout for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, he does the Maritimes and he does some Quebec Junior League. And, I, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, their general manager decides who gets the Stanley Cup for a day. And they give Grant Sonier the Stanley Cup for a day. I mean, all the players get it. All the coaches get it. All the management. But for him as a leader of the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning, Julian Brisbois is his name, for him to say, okay, I'm going to give Grant Sonia, who's a first-year scout yeah. for our organization. Yeah. One year he's been with them, if that. And he does that for Grant and Summerside. And I'm thinking, and I and I talked about this to a few people, and they said the one thing, this is Julian Brisbois, general manager, who has won back-to-back Stanley Cups and is the leader of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he does that, and I'm thinking, you know what? There's a guy that, that cares about his people. There's a guy that gets a lot of respect from his staff because of the way he treats them. I think, I think it's such a critical part. 
That is so true. I agree with that 100%. And it's so great. I mean, imagine the feeling of being Grant and being able to tour that around and, and in your hometown. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And especially when losers like me and Gerard Galland both got <laughs> to the Stanley Cup finals and got our asses kicked and didn't win, <laughs> you know? We got close to the cup, but we didn't win it, you know? Gerard coached in the Stanley Cup finals. And I coached in the Stanley Cup Finals, and Grant Sonia's got the damn Stanley Cup. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I wasn't going to say it, Doug, but you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, That's okay. That's but okay. having said that, and you know, admittedly, this was some information that Joey gave me um, because you did take the Panthers to the finals, but they were the underdogs. So from a leadership perspective, that's got to take a lot of leadership skills and coaching to be able to take a group of guys who are considered underdogs to the finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, I'll tell you one, I'll never forget this. When I first got the job with the Florida Panthers, it was my first head coaching job. I had been an assistant for and a college coach and all these different for probably 14 years before I got to coach as a head coach in the NHL. And I, I'll never forget the first conversation the day I got the job. I phoned the captain of the team, Brian Scrudlin, who to me is just a, a wonderful leader. So I phoned Brian. I said, Brian, you know, I'm the new coach. And he said, hey, coach, I just want to tell you how good a team we have. This yes. is a third-year expansion team. How good a team we have. Great character. Guys that will go through the wall. And, and we had amazing success as a third-year franchise. First time in history. Gerard Gallant topped that with Vegas and 20-some yeah. years later. But, but the fact that we had success. And then I see all these players and how well they've done in life when they've retired, either in hockey, out of hockey, in business, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, a funny story. I mean, we're in Montreal playing the Montreal Canadiens when we lose seven, one. And I go in after the game and I'm so ticked off. Can you, you can't swear in this show, right? <laughs> sure. Yes, you can. So, so <laughs> I, I am so pissed off after the game and I go into the dressing room. I said, we're practicing tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. And when you go to Montreal as an NHL team, it's always a, a night out for the boys, you know? And yeah. I said, we're skating at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. So I, and of course I wanted to go out too and have a few beer and I had to get up and go to practice too. But anyway, I, we get on the bus and you had to get dressed at the Montreal form or Molson center and, and bus to the practice place. So the guys had put their equipment on and just carry their skates. So, I'm sitting in the front of the bus. They're all getting on the bus at eight o'clock in the morning. They're all hung over. I could tell that. And I'm thinking, you sons of, you know, you <laughs> sons of guns, they, you know. So I'm watching them all pray by me. Brian Scrudlin's not on the bus. So he comes on the bus finally, and I'm sitting on the bus, and he's got his helmet on and his skates over his shoulder, and he's got a beer bottle taped to the top of his helmet. And I think, oh my, and the bus just cracked up. I cracked up. I was. So I found it so hilarious. And I'm thinking, go to the brink. And because of that leadership incident where he was, he was giving me a shot, but he was standing yeah. up for his teammates. We had an unbelievable practice. And we just went from there and had great, really great success. So talk about a leader and, yeah. and having the balls to do that. Yeah. And you know what? I loved it. I, I loved it. And I think about that so many times about, so many captains 
don't grab it when it's a key time and really take charge and help help the team from a leadership perspective. So I loved it. I loved it. I love that. And it also speaks to that realness too, you know, somebody who's just like being authentic in that moment, which is, which is a huge part of leadership as well. You know, I, I think often about as a head coach and how I, I was in the NHL for, I think 24 years. I've never met a player that I coached that I would be scared to sit down today and have a beer with. And I, and I, I'll tell you why I, whether they liked me or disliked me at the time, I don't know that, but there's a lot of the guys I didn't like how they played sometimes, but I always, I liked them with people. And the number one reason why I would never hesitate to sit down and have a beer with one of my former players is because I told them the way it was. I was a straight shooter. Yeah. I, I, you know, it was, I didn't pull punches. It was, it was honesty. This is what I think. And they were honest back to me. And I, and I, 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 I get, it drives me crazy when I see leaders, coaches, whatever they are, BS in their people. I, I don't yes. get that. Whether it's business, whether it's in, in hockey or sports is be a straight shooter. And I love that about the real guys that I think are real leaders. There's a lot of fake leaders out there, but the real leaders are the guys that I respect that are straight shooters, honest, tell it the way it is, and no no games. This These games drive me crazy, you know? 100%. And also that admit their mistakes, right? Because if you're being oh. honest, then you're also open to say, look, I fucked that up. I'm going to try oh. something different, right? 100%. And, and you know how many times that, you know, I have a player in on a one-on-one situation and he proved me wrong. He he yeah. played better than, you know, I thought he would in certain situations. And and there's nothing better than a, a, a person who works for you hearing that, hey, I'm, I made a mistake. I made yeah. a mistake and boom. And, and I, I just, I just, I get frustrated when I watch some leaders and the way they behave. I really do. Yeah. I, like George Gallant, who, by the way, I taught in high school. Oh, he, no he was way. in my class. He was in my class in grade 10. Nice. And I, and I, I think back, and I hired him to come to Columbus. He was with me. He worked for me for seven years in Columbus. And I, I you know, taught him in high school. And we, I coached him with the Red Wings. And then I hired him in Columbus. And number one thing about Gerard Glenn, yes, he tells it the way it is. Yeah. He's a non-BS leader. I love yep. it. I yeah. love it. It goes a long way and people don't realize the importance of it. Sometimes it goes a you long way though. It. You want to believe it. Doug, tell me about some of the leaders you've had who have influenced how you lead. Well, you know, I had, I had so many and I, you know, we talked about Donnie Spearman. I love the way Donnie coached. I, I love yep. the way he coached. I love the way he was a, a good person and he treated us with respect and, I, I, so, I, you know, I think through all my minor hockey, there was so many guys in PEI. I, I think about in college, the coaches I had. And, and the number one guy that really was my mentor was Brian Murray, who passed away a year or so ago as, as the general manager of the Ottawa Senators. I work, 
I met Brian Murray when I was 18 years of age, playing junior hockey in Ontario. And I made the all-star team, and Brian Murray was the all-star coach. And that's the first time we met. I was 18 at the time. The next time I saw Brian Murray, I was in university and I went to a game and he was coaching in the Canadian championship, junior hockey. Yeah. The next time I met him after that, I was an assistant coach in in the NHL in St. Louis and he was the head coach of the Washington Capitals. I get fired in St. Louis and I get a call from Brian Murray. Hey, uh, you know, I'd love you to come in for an interview and come to, you know, so I interviewed and I end up working with Brian Murray for 10 years who to me is a hall of famer every which way. Uh, uh, One of the winningest coaches in NHL history, but I was with Brian Murray for 10 years working as an assistant coach, associate coach, assistant GM. And I was his head. He hired me for my first head coaching job. Um, Awesome. I, I love the guy. I mean, he was, but I'm telling you, he was the, what we've just talked about. He told it the way it was. He was a tough son of a gun, but he, he loved his players and they played hard for him and it wasn't any games. And I, I think back to how lucky was I to meet Brian Murray as a 18 year old, 19 year old. <sighs> and then in the blue, I'm, I'm finishing junior hockey and I get a call that I was offered a hockey Canada scholarship, which is a, in those days was a four year full ride to play at Canadian university hockey. And I said to the guy, where did, where did this come from? They said, Guy by the name of Brian Murray, who coached in the Pembroke Lumber Kings, recommended you for a Hockey Canada scholarship. And I'm thinking, are you kidding? So that was how it started. And then I ended up working with the guy for 10 years and really was the guy that gave me every every break in my career, to be quite honest, you know? And it just, I love when that happens when people come back to you, you know? Like they've obviously influenced you when you were very young, but he came back into your life and and was still able to have an impact later as well. Yeah, it really was. And I, you know, I remember, uh, you know, the times we had together and, uh, and our families became close and, you know, it's just, it was a, it was just an amazing relationship to, you know, lucky to have that relationship, you know? So it, it's really weird. I mean, I was a, I was a junior coach and a high school teacher in Summerside PEI. And two years later, I was expecting to be a high school teacher my whole career. And then yeah. I, I went back and I, I actually went back to the university and did a master's in educational psychology. Cause I was, I, I had a real interest in special ed and I end up getting a head coaching job at the university of New Brunswick. And I'm thinking, okay, this is my dream job. Oh my God. I, I, I'm a, I'm a Canadian college head coach at a university. And I remember Jill and I sitting in Frederick and the first night saying, Oh my God, we, we, we we've got it made. We've got yes. it made. We're a university coach in UNB, a great in Fredericton. And I was there 10 months and I get a call from a guy by the name of Jacques Martin, who I had worked with for 20 years in hockey schools or as a kid, you know, from the time we were 16, we were, and he phones me, he's supposed to be coming to work the hockey school at UNB. And I get a call. I, I answer the phone. I said, Oh yeah, you're bailing on me. Aren't you? You're bailing on my hockey school. Cause I saw in the Globe and Mail, you're getting the job coaching St. Louis Blues. And he said, Doug, I got to bail on your hockey school. I can't, I can't, I can't come. I'm, I'm getting the job tomorrow in St. Louis. And, and I, I don't know what to do. And he said, and he said to me, he said, Oh, one more thing. He said, would you consider coming with me as an assistant coach? Oh man. And after I, after I picked myself up off the floor, 
you know, I said, oh, my God. So that was sort of the that was the start of going from my dream job uh, as a as a Summerside PEI kid to the NHL, which was as a coach, which was bizarre. I went to an NHL training camp as, a, as an 18 year old, as a player, never made it. Right. I get a chance to go to the NHL as a coach. It was pretty amazing, you know. And everything happens for a reason, too, in that case, I right? I don't know if it does. I don't know if it was a, happened for a reason or if I just, it was just fluky. But I had, a, you know, I had a good 30-plus years, so it was kind of good, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. I absolutely love that. And it's there's so many people from Summerside. Like, I look, sometimes Joey would be like, oh, yeah, like, well, obviously, Gerard Gallant, you. There's so many people from Summerside out there doing good things. There's something in the water yeah. there, I think, Doug. You know what? It's amazing. When I was in the NHL, a, a great friend of mine, Bobby Plager, who was a famous NHLer, and he worked with me in St. Louis, and and we were having a beer one night, and at every rink we went to in the NHL, every rink, I would either get a call from somebody from Summerside or PEI <laughs> looking for tickets. Okay, all it was all all over North America, and he said to me at one time, he said. Doug, was there a one time three million people that lived in PEI and they just all scattered all over the, the U.S. and Canada? Because they're Valid all valid questions. Yeah, <laughs> it was bizarre, but anyway, it was great. It's pretty funny. PEI is a unique place; it really is, and and there's been a lot of unbelievable uh, quality uh, stars. It's funny. I was just watching the uh, in the last couple of days. They had the legends. They honored people at the legends field in Summerside. Donnie Skierman was one of the guys. And yes. Skierman and Paul M. Skierman. And all of them were, you know, honoring all these individuals that contributed to Summerside baseball. And, you know, it was, yeah. uh, it was pretty, it's a pretty amazing community to be quite honest. You know? It really is. And we were sorry not to get there for Donnie's, uh, induction, but uh, we're going to see yeah. him this week. So yeah, it's really oh, great, cool. Great. Really supportive yeah. community yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, and they, they can rip you too. Right? They can rip you. <laughs> it goes both ways. Right. I think that's true it of goes anything. goes both ways, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Doug, we're just getting to the end here of our chat and I just want to end on, I guess from your perspective, what are the key, and I know you said caring, but what are the key qualities that go into a strong leader? If you could name maybe the top three. Uh, I'll stay with the caring, but I I think, I think a straight shooter, tell it the way it is. But I also think you've got to have knowledge of what you're talking about. And I think if you're a leader and you're a leader of hockey a leader of business, a leader of whatever, you also have, it's your responsibility as that leader to know your stuff, Mm -hmm. know what you're preaching, know what you're, know what you're asking your people to do. So I think the knowledge of your business that you're in, whether it's sports, whether it's education, whether it's, uh, you know, IBM, uh, Microsoft. I mean, I, I, I just think it's, you know, I don't be considered a seagull leader where you fly in, you shit all over people and you fly out. Don't be a seagull manager. Be a real manager. I love that. And I was like, he better explain what he's talking about when he says a seagull leader. <laughs> I've never heard of that, but I love it. I was accused of that the odd time. I get accused of that by my wife sometimes. Bill <laughs> sometimes thinks I'm a seagull person, you know? <laughs> Depends on the day. Exactly. Um, 
but I come from a hospitality background and it's, you're totally right because, uh, you know, having people who are ready to get right in there with you, I think is something that you need yeah. to see in a leader too, like 100%. you're saying. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And it's true. Like you said, it's true of sports and it's, it's true in business. It's true in all areas for sure is you can use those leadership skills in all aspects. My, my son's in, in the hockey business now. He's a, he's a NHL eight player agent and he's always in his early thirties. He lives in Chicago and he's, we talk five times a day. And I'm thinking what parent gets to talk to his 31 year old son five times a day about, about his business. Yeah. And I always say to him, don't get too high. Whatever you do, don't get too low. Cause things yeah. always, if you have a tough day, tomorrow is going to be better. So don't get too high with the highs and don't get ever get too low with the lows and any bad news you have. My goal when I got to the office in the morning or whatever time it was, if I had bad phone calls to make, I got them out of the way right away. And I say to yes. him, Clark, if you've got bad moves to get out, get it out early in the day. Don't, uh, you know, don't let it fester. Get your bad news out and it makes your day a lot better. So. Oh, that's great advice. And just, yeah, peel off the Band-Aid, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I can definitely use that advice in business too, Doug. I yeah, really, yeah. really, truly appreciate you taking the time to chat. And we're actually going to be neighbors. We're we're recording this the end of August. We're going to be neighbors soon because I'm coming to PEI in a couple of days. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll I'll meet you on the beach. That's awesome. Thank you so <laughs> and very Joey, much. Joey, I need some I need some golf tips too. My golf game <sighs> is coming, but it's not great there. And I know Joey's a great golfer, so uh, tell him I could use some tips. He is a great golfer and he absolutely will take you up on that. He'll, uh, he'll give you some tips. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Doug. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Sam. Good luck. Thanks again to this week's guest, Doug McLean. I really enjoyed our chat. Thanks for tuning in.